Here's a story that I know. It begins with trashy fiction. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing about it is that the term trashy fiction seems to be sort of a catch-all phrase for anything not liked by the person who is currently speaking. That's a that's a probably an unfair generalization, but the term itself is an unfair generalization. This is my my premise because of the equally unfairly derogatory tone of voice that the term literature tends to be thrown around with by people who have an opposite attitude towards what you might call literature or highbrow literature or whatever. So trashy fiction might be something like Conan the Barbarian and highbrow literature might be something like James Joyce, anything by him. My premise rests on the idea that if you go and look at the correspondences generated by various artists, writers, critics throughout history, you will occasionally see people who are considered upstanding members of some community or other describing other upstanding members, you know, people that we consider in, in retrospect to be high class as trashy or something, vice versa people who we maybe sort of think retrospectively that maybe they weren't writing high-class literature. There are people who might have described them as class and culture in their lifetimes. (sighs) Which is one of the big problems you see with catch-all phrases in general. Most of them are applied by people who haven't read very broadly in the the genre that they're besperching and have no intention to. I have two thoughts that I'm trying to cover today. One is this idea that I like trashy literature. The other thought that I have is I have no interest... Well, no, that I have... I'm, barely capable of containing my excitement actually i mean i was about to attempt to contain my excitement i have i am barely containing my excitement by the idea that there are copies of my book out there in the world and people have them and i don't know whether they're reading them or not and i'm not asking and it's awfully hard not to ask all the time but i've been practicing not asking for a long time because i find it uh I don't know why exactly. That's the real puzzle. The thoughts are connected in my mind somehow, this idea of that trashy literature and then my disinclination to ask about whether anyone have read my stories or not. And I think that the way that they're connected is an exploration, and so I'm going to talk about it for a second. So, trashy literature. Let us talk for a second about trashy literature. What I mean today by trashy literature is a book that I'm currently listening to, which is really, it's an 
great deal of fun, the book that I'm listening to. It's the most recent sequel in a so far not very long series by a dude named Peter Kleins. Peter Kleins, uh, he's, I guess in his youth, wrote a long series of that was about superheroes. I don't know really exactly the history of that one because I didn't read that one and I don't really care that much about that one. I'm sure that I would enjoy it because I like his character writing. That's what really draws me back to his books is that he's a very strong character writer. Um, and then his uh, worlds and the stories that he builds are fun too. But the characters are what really sell me on his stuff. The series that I like, I don't know if it has a name. I'm sure it does. But they are... They are they are Lovecraftian fiction. They have they are not even attempting to be anything other than Lovecraftian books. Lovecraft, H.P. Lovecraft has this, he's got this weird position in history because he inspired a lot of people. And because he inspired a lot of people, he has been, uh, he's been given a kind of a, a status as an important figure in the history of literature posthumously after, after everything. He was given this title because this, this attitude that people have towards him simply because he inspired so many other people that are now considered kind of important at least commercially. <laughs> and so H.P. Lovecraft has this this status as being the sort of one of the focus, focus points for a lot of other people's ideas, and that's kind of a cool thing. If you really read his stuff with, a, with a, an objective... an eye for trying to, trying to analyze it as a piece of literature... He had. He was a very flawed writer. What he did badly, he did very badly. He was really awful at finishing a story. He was really terrible at giving you a description of something that seems to relate to anything that you would have experienced. I don't think anybody doesn't know that about him. I think that the reason that he impacted the rest of us has more to do with his ability to build worlds. And he, like many of his contemporaries, decided that he wanted to build a world that he hoped other people would pick up and move forward with. You know, I have built a mythology, please write in it. That was his rallying cry, and I thought that was really cool. I've always thought that was really cool about an awful lot of different writers, and it's surprising that it hasn't been made more of a thing. You know, it's like Mr. Lovecraft wrote mythology. That was really, if you really wanted to break down what he was really uh, bringing to the world, he was bringing us a mythological system, uh, a set of rules. He was bringing us a bunch of ideology that we could write other stories in. And then, or, well, don't borrow the ideology. Probably that's a bad idea. But anyway, the... Uh, concepts, themes, gods, fantasy figures, magic system. You know, it's just that it's cool. It's it's a it's a neat 
It's a neat set of rules that he built. He's sort of like a Gary Gygax, I think. I think that would probably be a way of looking at him. So that's my attitude about that. The stories aren't great. The world is cool. And so Peter Kleins is one example of these guys who are carrying on a tradition that is not very noticed, but very, very solid of taking Mr. Lovecraft's world and ideas and building new things. I think that there's probably, uh, it's been accomplished with variable success. I've been fortunate enough to find a couple of writers. Peter Kleins is my, probably my favorite one who's been able to do this. Let's see. So here's the idea. There is a false impression that because of being an inspirational figure, H.P. Lovecraft somehow has uh, qualities that he doesn't. You know, it's like you can spend hours online looking into the literary criticism that has been that has been enacted upon H.P. Lovecraft in the decades that he's grown in prominence. Because he's grown in prominence, he's also grown in importance. And because he's grown in importance, he has been conferred abilities that he didn't have. I don't think... I think that he was probably... He's a very... He's a fine writer after his own right. Especially his later stuff, I think. From a particular perspective... But he's also one of these sorts of writers that I don't think deserves quite as much analysis as he tends to get. I don't look into a lot of the analysis, so I don't really know exactly how academic the analysis might be, but I wouldn't be too surprised if some of it was. And I don't think he's one of these ones that deserves the analysis that he gets just because you have a place in culture, a cultural prominence, I think, doesn't necessarily give you some kind of it doesn't it doesn't retroactively improve the baseline quality of the stories i enjoy hp lovecraft's stories but i do not think that his love of the words gibbous eldritch and that other one that i always forget are worth my time he was like the fact that he had a vocabulary of you know 40 words and that all of them were ones you hadn't heard is not that interesting to me. He tended to use words that meant things people could think of, but he used a synonym, synonym that people couldn't, you know, picture a gibbous moon. I mean, maybe the people of his time did. I don't think so, though. I mean, I've read other things that were written at the same time as he was writing things, and most other people didn't use most of the words that he liked, and so it's like, he's just not, he's not as strong a writer as he could be, and that's, that's fine. He did what he did, great. And he had a huge impact on culture. Amazing. So Peter Kleins is now writing, he's written uh, this series of books that are really good. I, I su- suggest if you enjoy anything that's sort of like in the world of H.P., that a, love, a piece of fiction that you would describe as Lovecraftian as not written by Lovecraft, then Peter Kleins is a good writer to 
absorb. And uh, the series of books, like I say, I don't know what they're called. The whole series is called, but the I it's just reading them in this order. They're called. The book is called The Fold, Fourteen, Dead Moon, and Terminus. I think actually it would be kind of fun to read Terminus, uh, The Fold, Fourteen, and then wait. What order did I say? I think that the fun way to read them would be Dead Moon, The Fold, 14, and then Terminus. I think that would be a fun order to read his books in. They actually, uh, chronologically, they go in the order of 14, The Fold, Terminus, and Dead Moon. And they all take place in this very, very Lovecraftian tinged world where, where eldritch horrors are running around having an effect on all of our lives. And there are uh, secret societies and magic of a weird kind that's actually technology and forces from beyond our comprehension and everything that you want from a Lovecraftian-type story. But the stories are executed with a great deal more attention to the human interaction with these things, which is what Mr. Lovecraft, I think, failed on in general in his stories is the human element and so Peter Kleins does that very very well he writes more, his his characters are amazing and if his if he wasn't writing in a Lovecraftian type setting then I would probably still enjoy his stories because of the characters that he was giving me it's just that kind of like the the premise of 14 is that he uh the premise of 14 is that there are this group of people who live in this odd apartment building and that's enough of a premise for me but given the characters that he wrote that peter Kleins wrote that's enough of a premise for me because those ca- the characters that he gave in this interesting los angeles old apartment building they had some fun interactions a long time before any of the the eldritch horrors got introduced it was almost as if he was writing this sort of interesting very realistic modern drama about these people living in this uh los angeles apartment building and then about halfway through he was like i don't know how this is going to end and so he introduced some hp lovecraft type type weird stuff it was kind of cool it was fun it was great to, to be given some characters worth following and then they have a this lovecraftian type story for them to play in it was refreshing and fun and based on a whole culture of trashy literature. That's the whole point here. There is some real artistic value, I think, in Mr. Klein's prose styles. I think that he's the kind of guy that was is a real good craftsman. He definitely knows how to form a book, build a book, create a character arc and relationships and everything that you need in a book. He decided to write in a genre that is objectively trashy. Is that a problem? Not to me. That's the whole point. My book is out there. It's 
fun. It's called Ragged Museum. You can get it on the internet's various places. Or if you know me, you can find me and I'll give you a copy. Well, not give, sell you one. And I haven't asked anybody if they've read it yet. I mean, it's only been around for like a week and so I really should be a little bit patient, I guess. People who have had who have their copies have only had their copies for like a week, so I should be patient, I guess. It's awfully hard to be patient. I mean, this is what I care about. These stories are what I care about. This is what I want out in the world that I have done. I would like to be able to point at it and say that is a thing I've done. And I want it to be something that goes into people's imaginations and that they internalize and they are changed. I don't really... It's not important to me, really how they're changed because that's the whole point of a story is it goes into somebody else and then they get to be steward of it at that point but it is a more real story if it's read by people it's one of the interesting things about these things because i'm writing i write for myself but i write for myself in a fashion where i hope other people read and enjoy what i have written it's an odd dichotomy and now that my stories are out there in a fashion where people can read them, it's uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's awfully difficult for me to sit around and not be constantly sort of like bugging people and asking them, "Oh, did you read this? Did you like this? What do you think about this one? Did you notice that thing that I did? How clever am I? It's awfully hard not to run around doing. That. I'm I I can barely contain my excitement, frankly." But I am containing my excitement. And I'm containing my excitement because... It's not for me to influence how other other people like... uh, How other people read stories, you know? It's like, here I am sitting down and I'm talking about how uh, Mr. Lovecraft was an established historical figure. He is a trashy writer. I'm looking at him. I'm saying, oh, yeah, he's a trashy writer. Here I am, uh, barely getting started, and I'm looking at this other guy who, like, made a career out of it, and I'm saying, yeah, that guy, that guy who impacted all of history, changed the face of literature forever. He is a trashy writer. This is what I am saying. His problem, right, is I am a naive person who haven't got, you know, I haven't got any real authority aside from my own experiences with reading and writing, and I've been doing it for a long time, but... You know, from what pedestal am I pointing at that guy and saying, trashy? Doesn't work in my brain, which is why I don't really actually talk about that very often. I just say, I like what I like. And then I also will, if I say that I like what I like, I say that I tend to like trashy books. And I will use an honest term, not as a critique but as a an admission that the whole point here really if you're thinking about what the whole point here is about if you're going to go and pick up a book and you're going to read it the whole point is to have a story that comes into your brain and you get to sort of interact with it for a little while maybe it changes you maybe it doesn't but the whole point is that you get to interact with it for a little while great I have let my books free. I have freed my books into the world. That is the real story. 
when I finished my books, they are finished, right? And if I put them out into the world, they belong to other people. I can't ask whether anybody likes them. It's not my place. I just hope that people do. But if they don't, you know, it's not their story. That's fine. Our relationships with what we read are our own, is what I'm trying to say. So I'm, I'm having trouble containing my excitement, but I am containing my excitement because they're free and out there and wild. They get to be uh, received in their own time. People get to like them if they like them. And that's good enough. It's really just, it's kind of a cool thing. But it, it's uh, if you happen to be listening to this and you have a, one of my books and I haven't asked whether you like it or not, that's the reason why. I, I, I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to ever ask. Because it's for you. It's for you. I highly recommend reading Terminus by Peter Kleins. Good book.